Carl, your host of Cooking Jesus, coming to you live from Manhattan, Hard in New York City, Rockefeller Center, Newsstand Studio. Happy 2024. Happy New Year. Joined as usual with uh, John. How you doing? Doing great, thanks. Happy New Year. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Joe Hazen rocking the panels. What's up? Hey, everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Over in uh, California, we got Nastasia the Hammer Lopez and Jackie Molecules. How you doing? I'm good. I'm in D.C., actually. Oh, in D.C. How's it going over there? Well, actually, it's probably nice in D.C. this time of year. This is like the best time of year to be in D.C., no? Eh, no, it's cold compared to L.A. I mean, and I'm sick, so that's not no, fun. No, that's not fun. How, how cold is cold? Yeah. I mean, 45, 40. Mm. Yeah. All right. I mean, For me, yeah. yeah. Okay. All right, L.A., man. All right, Randy yeah. Newman. Yeah. Uh, and in the upper, upper left, <laughs> we got uh, Quinn. How you doing? Hey, I'm doing good. Good. So this is the first show of the new year, first show since uh, all the holiday festivities. Uh, any good... Uh, Food or other related stories from the past couple of weeks? Anything? Anything? What do well, you guys cook? I'll go from stuff, but I'll, all right. I'll, do, I'll go at the end. Well, okay. well you, no, now you said you got stuff, so we're all sitting around waiting, and then they can think of what they want to say. Right, while right, you're right, right. Right. Okay, again, we, we did, uh, well, Christmas was fun. We were going to have like a big, big dinner, but it got scaled down because uh, people were sick. But it was probably better in the end. We did... Uh, a Japanese A5 Wagyu steak. We fried that off. Which, and which then had cut? And other trims. Uh, it was a, uh, I think it was strip loin. Good. No, sorry. No. Good. That's the yeah. only kind of beef where I prefer the strip to the rib. Like mm-hmm. the A5 Wagyu strip, sick. In side-by-sides that I've done with various different people's iterations of it. But yeah, nice. How was it? Yeah, it was really good. Yeah. Well, again... Some people in my family don't prefer it, but again, we seared off some... Like, hold on a second, hold on a second. Don't prefer it to what? Steaks. Don't prefer it to what? Like, to uh, vegetables? Okay. They don't prefer... Well, no, like... Don't, they don't prefer the beef so fatty uh. compared to, like, a more moderately marbled beef. Yeah, yeah. Well, what is it that they don't like about it? Like, what what is it that they prefer about the other? Because I, I could see that, right? Do they like the more kind of... Well, first of all, I think a lot depends on how you cook it. What was your protocol? You said fry, but was it pre... We just... Uh, we, no, we just, like... Again, we had, like, naturally shaped New York strip shapes, but we trimmed it up into, like, nice little squares because mm. we had use for the trim as well. So we just seared it off hard at the bottom of a wok... And then fried off all the extra bits, and then we made fried wa- fried rice why a, in the wok. Oh, is that why you used a wok? Why not? Like, mm, okay. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming, I'm praying you have a flat bottom wok. Yes. Okay. So at least the meat was against something it flat is. and not the, something the, against the, curved. The, the, pieces, the pieces we trimmed fit perfectly at the bottom of the... Rather, but yeah. So the point is, is that you weren't yeah. trying to cook the meat on a curved surface. You don't hate God that much. No. Okay. Yeah. And uh, so then you're just flat. So wait. So you're doing it basically like uh, Cesare Casella style, black and blue. You've not met a chef who likes I mean, a burnt yeah. outside, yeah, raw like, inside, they, they like were, the chef Cesare. They were relatively thin steak. Uh, you know. I mean. Uh, so, like, you know. You steer them pretty hard on both sides. I would say they were definitely like rare in the middle, not blue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How thick were they? Uh, like I, 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 I'm terrible at judging these things, but like definitely like. That's why they make rulers, Quinn. That's why they make rulers. Yeah. yeah. What do you think? How 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 thick? I'm into a little less. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people like the uh, the A5 stuff thinner, A, because it's richer, and B, because it's so damned expensive, and they'd rather have, like, a big ultra. You know how that ridiculous A5 was Weg- Wegmans? It, it, it looks really good. It was yeah. banana lamb and ding-dong, but it was also $120 for a steak. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? Nah. No. I'm going to buy your frozen king crab legs instead. I'm going to buy a decent dry-aged steak and your frozen king crab legs. That was my New Year's dinner. I like a frozen king crab leg. Good. Never had. You never had frozen king crab? I don't think I've ever had any king crab. What's wrong with you? I don't know. I'm just like, for some reason, it's become like this holy grail thing, and I think I'm just waiting. No, don't do to, that. I know. Don't make it a holy grail. Just make it something. Yeah, I know. I should. Yeah. Just do it. Yeah. 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 They, they, when they, you're right, you're right. They catch it, 
They chop its leg. They cook it. No, they no, chop yeah. its legs off. They freeze, freeze it right it. Yep. there on the right boat. Yeah, yeah, I know. Rewarm it I really know. quickly. I know. Nothing fancy. Yeah. You know? No, you're not wrong. Yeah. I'm wrong. Yeah. They even pre-cut along the seam of the legs so that you could break it. I mean, it's, it, honestly, you should serve it with a pair of scissors, though. Yeah. That makes sense. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Because people are like, how do I... Just, listen, just cut up both sides. Yeah. O- open it. No, I need to. It, I mean, everything at the new Wegmans is pretty amazing. That fish section they have is they have three. Wild. They have three different fish sections. Okay. One with, with all the, no, the no, Japanese No, no, no. Well, wild. not in counting the upstairs. They have the Japanese fish counter. The American fish counter, yeah. the frozen case, and the salmon counter. That's true. Crazy. It really is. All right. So, uh, all right. So, you seared at the bottom of the walk, and then you made a fried rice. How was your How was your fried rice? Was it beefy? Really good. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty, you know, simple scallion, ginger, garlic, mm. a little leek as well to like a little make what? It Western holiday Le- leeks. Oh, leeks. <laughs> you know what? Again, I just won't do leeks in my house. I just can't. I can't. I can't. Because, like, getting grit, there's nothing worse than getting grit, which is why I don't cook clams as much as I would like. Because I love the flavor of clams. Hate grit. Love razors. Hate grit. Razor is God's clam, I think. Like, if you could only have one kind of cooked clam, cooked, if you could have only one kind of cooked clam, for me it would be razors. Yeah. Because they're so good. They are. You know what I like that a lot of people don't? They think it's de classe? Stuffed clams. Oh, love stuffed clams. Love stuffed love, love, love. <laughs> I think it's like, maybe it's just a Northeast thing. People who don't, I don't know. I don't They're know. so good. So delicious. Anyone yeah. else here like or dislike stuffed clams? I love them. Oh, yeah. Nice. Catch a big old quahog. You know what? I don't think, it's we, okay, this is bad, but it was like the 70s and 80s, right? Nobody cared. We used to go out without any sort of shellfish license at the Cape and just catch you know, you, you you walk around at low tide with your with your toes in the air on your heels. You do that heel walk thing, and you're like feeling for that little that little hard spot in the sand. And on like the tidal flats, there's not like there's the area that's super rocky, right? But then like there's that whole area of the tidal flat that's not super rocky. So pretty much anything your heel feels is a cohog. <laughs> you know what I mean? And you're digging up these cohogs, and they make the best stuffies, dude. So good. So good. So good. Uh, there was a lot of there was a lot of uni on or what's it called? What's yeah, the real word sea urchin. Uh, sea yeah. urchin, yeah, in on the beach this weekend. In uh, all the way and down, Pier- all the way down by you. I guess the water is still really cold there, right? So I'm it's sure it's delicious. Cold, but nobody wanted to eat it. Don't. Okay, I'm not allowed to curse. All right, I was uh, you. You almost got me. I almost went non-family. <laughs> On, I almost just lit a blue streak across the internet. Why Why would they not? First of all, they're the easiest dang things on earth to eat, especially if anyone had like a pair of scissors on them. Like, that's the trick with them is the scissors. For easy, you could just break them as your, as your thumbs. Yeah, but if you want to not get any particles in it, like click, mm-hmm. bang, 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 eat, eat, eat. What the hell? Who would need it? Was it Pat? No, I was with Peter Kim, and he was like, no. Why wouldn't Peter uh-huh. Kim eat it? I don't know. What the hell is wrong with it? I don't know. Hey, people. Hey, wake up. If a sea urchin <laughs> is alive, it's alive, right? You can see it moving its spines, okay? So put on a pair of gloves, cut the, or smash the bottom out of it, knock out all the goop, and eat its gonads, because it's delicious, Idiot. Like, the thing was underwater very, very recently, right? Okay? You think the stuff in the shop that you buy has not been... What the hell are you thinking? Fudge. (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm sorely disappointed in Peter Kim. That is still a white whale for me. What? Fresh Oh, well... Yeah. uh, Does anyone do it up there? I mean, you need to be able to have... But it's all sent to Vancouver. Yeah, well... I know you can't just ship with like like twenty minutes like further west, or it spoils on the on the uh, ferry ride over. Well, I don't know. I'm just saying. Yeah, it's frustrating that it gets harvested here, but it all gets sent to Vancouver, and then I'm not going to pay to ship it back here. There must be a way to get it directly. Yeah, I don't really know anything about how like west the West Coast coastline works, so they haven't spent that much time on it, but I'm assuming most of that stuff is diver, right? I guess. Because in, in Maine, you just 
you know, you go out by yourself, put on swim trunks, you go out, you get them. You know what I mean? You definitely don't want to eat the ones that have been feeding on dead seals. That's, mm. that's a no. That's, that's a gross, you know, ones that have been eating not dead seals. I told you guys that story. No. Like, so like we were going for sea urchins. Get this. I think I've told this before, but like not in probably many years. So the place, uh, I used to go to this island in Maine that uh, is owned by, uh, you know, descendants of like Buckminster Fuller and like that, that kind of crew. And so they used to have a lot of fancy art weasels uh, and design weasels on the island. And most of them are architects in the family for generations. Anywho. Uh, so one of the people that used to go to the island all the time was uh, Isama Noguchi. Right. And so Noguchi taught these folks how to how to get sea urchins. So I learned to get sea urchins in Maine from someone who was directly taught by Noguchi, which I think is pretty cool. So anyway, we're in like a <clears throat> we're in like a little boat. I think it was a I don't can't remember whether it's a flat bottom or a canoe, but anyway, we're going around and you know, we're looking through the water and it's clear and it's like rock bottom, not you know, some sand but not mud bottom, right? Which is why the lobster the lobster folks in, in uh, Maine disdain our Cape lobsters. They're like mud bottom lobsters. They don't even they don't even care actually. They're like you're like oh do you like Cape lobsters and they just like spit and then look at you without making you know what I mean? Because they anyway. So uh, we're like taking the boat over and I'm like and we're looking for urchins usually on the rocks down low just below low tide because they're easiest to get. And I see this all oh, these sea urchins and we're like oh my god we're gonna even and then we're like why is it in that shape? It kind of looks like a seal. And it was, they were all eating a dead seal. And we were like, oh, let's go back to the rocks. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I've ever told this one before. When I was a little kid, we went to, uh, I, you know, I used to go to Provincetown all the time, which is off the Cape, yeah, the end of Cape Cod. Yeah. And uh, so this is like, I don't know, this is like 1982, 1982 or three or something like that. It has to be before 1983. So we were... At Provincetown, there's this jetty that goes uh, across uh, after you go, you know, past the main part of town. There's this jetty. And we used to go out on it and we would go down in the jetty and it was like periwinkles and mussels. I mean, so many mussels and periwinkles. So we used to just gather like, like, like stock pots full of them. And then we would just, you know, boil them off and we'd sit there with the periwinkles and, uh, and a safety pin. You know, the mussels you would eat, but the safety yeah. pin, you pop off the operculum there, the, you know, the trap door, and you just pop, 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 like, like so much butter, periwinkles, which I actually, I like those little ones better than the big whelks. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but they're pain in the butt. You can never get full. You know what I mean? Yeah. Never. Never. And anyway, so, and then uh, we've, we were gathering it once and... Uh, We've been doing it for a long time. Guy walks up and he goes, you see that pipe there? And we're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, that's the sewage from the hotel. And we're like, oh. But we didn't die. <laughs> you know, pulled, pulled in Nietzsche or whatever. Didn't kill us, made us stronger. So, so you know, there it is. Uh, all right. So uh, after the fried rice, what happened, Quinn? Okay, we did, uh, we did fried rice, basically carrots. I did a... Kung Pao inspired Brussels sprout. So what inspired soy sauce, it? Well, the sauce. Okay. So keep going. So soy sauce, mm-hmm. cooking wine, dark vinegar, little sugar, um, Szechuan peppercorn, and then instead of fried peanuts, we had local hazelnuts okay. that we fried off. Uh. So, good. how much did you par-cook the Brussels sprouts before you did the toss-off and all the stuff so that it didn't burn? Um, you know, they were small. I think we maybe just split them and stir-fry them. From raw? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I don't know. Okay, you're you're, just, you're, 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 you're taking a, your, you're taking your life in your hands there. You know what I mean? It's like, because the thing we're is dealing like... with a domestic stove. So, we're not like... Blasting them on a on a jet engine. Okay, yeah, I'm just thinking about because like every time you, when you whenever you go soy sauce and you try to cook veg 100 percent from a soy sauce thing, if it's not going full wet, as soon as it goes too much, it's too damn much. You know what I mean? Yeah, but we just finished with the sauce. We just stir fried the Brussels sprouts, throw in the throw in the um, hazelnuts. Mm-hmm. Peppercorn oil. We made a little batch of the peppercorn oil, 
And then we finish with the sauce at the end. Szechuan peppercorn or peppercorn peppercorn? Szechuan. Mm. And you like that better than just buying the high-grade Szechuan peppercorn uh, stuff from, what is it, 50hertz.com 50, 50 or whatever it is? That's McGee's favorite, Szechuan pepper oil. I, 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 50 had the, I had the, I had the corns. Yeah. So. yeah, but this person, I mean, I'm, this sounds like something you would do, Quinn. This person sources, he like goes to where it is, sources like the best like Sichuan pepper like varieties and then makes a very, very high grade oil, which they only sell fresh. And so when they run out, they run out like they don't store it over over time. And it's not like just a compounded oil like the like the filth that I buy and use on a regular basis. I've never had this stuff, but McGee says it's really good. I'm a little mad that they call it because you know how in in uh, in Europe and I'm sure also in Asia, they think that the sensation of a Sichuan, you know, the mala sensation, they think that it it vibrates at 50 hertz, right? 50 cycles per second. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I highly doubt it. What I think is, is that, like, I bet you if you tested a bunch of Americans, it would vibrate at 60 hertz. Because it's just something that we're used to hearing and feeling, right? You're used to getting electrocuted at 60 hertz in our country. You're not used to getting electrocuted no, at 50 Dave, hertz. I think a lot of people aren't used to getting electrocuted. So it might be well, a new thing. Well, I don't know. I don't know. Joe's with me. Joe's been electrocuted are, more than once. Are you, are you and the people you associate with? I mean, I know Nastasia is definitely afraid of electrocu- getting electrocuted. He's not electrocuted, right? You just don't like getting zapped, right, Stas? Well, yeah, I think that's the same, no? Zapped and electrocuted. No, I mean, electrocuted, you die. Everything. But besides I mean, static that's shock. Yeah. I think most people I hate are not used shots. to getting electrocuted. The, the worst shock I ever got <clears throat> that was actually dangerous was I got blasted back by 400 volts once. Hurt. Oof. Oh, my God, it hurt. This is why, kids, you don't. So when I was a kid, I used to collect old oscilloscopes. And my dad only. So I was like reaching into the back of an old oscilloscope. And there's really high voltages in the back of like, that's why you don't break apart microwaves. You don't break apart old television sets because there's high voltage in there. A lot of vacuum tubes. Yeah. So I reached back into one that was plugged into the wall because some of these old oscilloscopes had bays that you could pull in and out because they were totally modular because, you know, you didn't just throw them away and buy new ones like we do nowadays. And it was like, boom, I just got got blasted back. I was like, never felt anything like that in my life. (laughs) And my dad was like, oh, yeah, there's like 400 and chains volts back there. That could kill you. I'm like, thanks, Dad. Thanks. Thanks for the post game. You know what I mean? Oh, you got, oh my God. I have so many. Joe's showing me a pair of pliers that clearly went around a live wire. Oh yeah, baby. That's the classic half moon live wire cliff action going on. It's impressive. <laughs> that hurt. Oh, oh, you mean you even got that? It arced over from the handle? Oh, I, I got hurt a couple oh, times. Damn. I didn't, re- I didn't recognize what I was doing. Again, back to back. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> that sucks. Usually like stuff like that, when you get blasted, you're good for at least two years. You know what I mean? And then you're like, and then you cut the cut corners again, and boom. So, okay, I'll tell this one because this is one of Dax's favorite stories. So when I was in third grade, I, you know, was reading about insulators, right? But you don't know a lot about electricity when you're in third grade, right? So I'm in third grade and, you know, when you're a kid, they always tell you, don't uh, stick your fingers in electric sockets. As though you can stick your finger in an electric socket, Whose finger is so flat and thin that you could stick it into an electric socket? You know, you can't. Uh, so I was like, I told this kid, I forget who it was. Maybe it was George. I forget. I forget their last name. Anyway, I was like, yo, I didn't talk like that back then. I was in third grade. But I was like, yo, I could stick a paper clip in this electric socket and not get electrocuted. And he was like, no, you can't. My dad says that'll kill you. And I'm like, your dad's wrong. Your dad doesn't understand insulators. And he's like, he's like, you can't. I was like, I can. You can't. Okay. So I took a paper clip doing like, you know, in class recess, opened up into a U shape, took the teacher's masking tape, was like, rack masking tape around it. I was like, this is an insulator. And I go, boop. I stick it right into the electric socket. Remember, it's this old fuse building. Boom. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like I, the entire floor went out. Right? There was a huge <laughs> char mark around the electric socket, and the masking tape was on fire. I, I was a little shocked. 
But I turn around to him. I go, see, not electrocuted. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. My gosh. Yeah. Anyway, so when you know a little bit, that's the problem. You know what I mean? It's a miracle I didn't die over the years. I'll um, say, yeah. Uh, anywho. All right, so uh, anything, anything else on your Miracle Steak Brussels Sprout Day? They are non-burned. First of all, why don't you... You have gas in your, in your, uh, in your place, Quinn, or no? No, not at all. Ah, fudge. How close is... Uh, have you ever considered uh, getting one of those uh, outdoor things so that they can do the super high, high flame oh, crap outside? We all do. Right. All right. Do you have like a walk burner for outside? No, just, it, was not, it was not in the cards. Just set up that day. <laughs> I see. I see. Okay. Uh, any, any anyone else? Anyone else got some fun uh, holiday uh, food uh, experiences? No. It was uh, yeah. it was my it was my mom's seventieth birthday, Ooh. and uh, I was staying with her for the week. And we woke up, and I said, "I want to take you to brunch." And she said, "I want something special." And I was like, "Okay, what's that?" What you day know? of the week is it again? And this should target. Uh, it was on a Friday. Oh, yeah, like, tough, tough Friday. This, this should tell you how uh, I was raised. And I was like, well, what's, what's special for your mom? And she was like, let's go to Denny's. Oh, <laughs> okay. I haven't been to Denny's in a long time, but did she go for Moons Over Miami? <laughs> she ordered from, she proudly ordered something weird from the senior menu. Oh, <laughs> my God. Is that the cutoff nowadays at Denny's? Yeah. Because we're living longer, you now can't order from the senior menu until you're 70? No, I don't think she'd been to Denny's in that long. You know, oh, she was like, "Oh, I can do man, the Denny's now. club sandwich is delicious." Really? I haven't been to Denny's delicious. in a long, 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 long time. Last time I was at Denny's, it was relatively soon after I went to college. They had an all-you-can-eat thing, and our uh, our server was pregnant, and she said the amount of food you're eating is making me sick to my stomach. And I was like, "Wow!" I was like, "What you need wow. is a, what you need is a different job. Please bring me more pancakes." <laughs> You know what I mean? Those, those things are always a scam because they just start bringing you the stuff slower and slower and slower. Yeah. You're like, I'm going to finish the whole plate. Just bring it. You know what I mean? Uh, anyway. So, I was just watching Mulholland Drive and uh, Denny's is referred to as Winkies. Winkies? That's the fake Denny's? That's the fake Denny's in Mulholland Drive. Yeah, <laughs> that's Winkies. Right, yeah. Winkies. Winkies. So it's like a cl- cross between yeah. Uh, yeah, Wee Winks or Piggly Wigglies and Denny's. So what did you order there, Jack? What do you have uh, at the at the Denny's? Uh, the Grand Slam, whatever the Grand Slam breakfast. Well, the thing where basically they give you one of everything, you know? Yeah. It's like pancakes, hash browns, eggs, bacon, sausage, you know? All right, so now as a grown person, how are their hash browns? Oh, bad. Like, like flaccid? Not, not even, like... Like undercooked somehow. Oh God! Yeah, which is like kind of the worst sin when it comes listen, to hash browns for me. Listen, nobody wants an undercooked. I can see it now. It's like half watery, half greasy, blonde with still some white patches on it. You cut into it; it breaks yeah. that weird way that an undercooked hash brown breaks. You say to yourself, yeah. "Maybe ketchup. Maybe ketchup will help." And you're like, "No, <laughs> no, it won't. This can't, sucks. Can't save the texture. Can't fix no. it. It's like seltzer that's gone no. flat." Maybe I'll add a lemon. No, right. it's not going to work. It's bad product right. now. Can't be saved. You know what I mean? Well, you could save seltzer yeah, by recarbonating true. it, and you could you could send the hash brown back, put it back in the dang deep fryer. That'd save it. That's right. Yeah. Anyway, uh, what about what about you, Stas? You got anything? Any any uh, holiday holiday cheer? Uh, my parents make tamales as they do. Ooh. Now, I've asked you this before, but I can never remember what your family's masa to, to filling ratio is like. Oh, they put a ton of filling in, so that's why they're really good. So you must it's hate, really, really hate, good. hate, hate tamales you get out. Oh, yeah. I think it's a scam. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, think there's a, I think there's a lot of people, right, who are like, no, it's just a little finger of filling, and then the rest of the flavor is the sauce on the masa. They don't talk like that, I'm sure. I'm sure nobody talks like that. But for you, you grew up the opposite. You grew up like mega fill. I think I would like that. Yeah. I've never, I don't think I've ever yeah. had a mega fill tamale. I'll send you some. They're, my parents made like 300, so we have a bunch frozen. And are they uh, are like a... 
pork, beef, mix? What what do you what do you guys do? Pork and beef and then green chili pork. Ooh, ooh green yeah. chili pork. Like green chili like hatch style, yeah. like New Mexico chili or like some sort of California thing that I don't understand? Like a California thing. Oh, that sounds good. I'm this is I'm I'm pro. I'm pro. So then, what do you do? Like for your, do, do you get them to freeze them down and mail them to you frozen, and they thaw on the flight over, and then you can just throw them in the steamer and and get going. And you and you have two fried eggs with them. Oh, that sounds real good. Do you serve any sauces with the yeah. fried eggs, or do you just make them runny so that they bleed over it? Runny and then chalupa. Ah, uh, this sounds good. This sounds delicious. Now, yeah. is the, does the whatever sauce or whatever stuff in the filling of spice, does it bleed out and, and color the masa, or is the masa still straight masa colored when it comes yeah. out? Straight. Still masa. And, uh, and do, do you use, like, traditional, like, corn husk situation? Or what, do you, what are they wrapped in? Yes, corn husk. And then my mom puts a bow around the ones that are, like, different, you know? Different meaning worse? Differentiate between. Like, no, between pork and beef. Okay. Because I know people who are like, I put the bow around the one I made for you because you can't eat the ones that we like. So it's not like that. No. It's not bow means no. bad. Oh, all right. No. I like Because you don't know. You know what my grandma used to do? When So my grandma, whenever you would, she would always buy chocolates, filled chocolates. I don't think, filled chocolates are so weird. This is why I have a weird relationship with filled chocolates, right? And she didn't have a secret Dakota ring like your mom does for her tamales. So what she would do, my grandma, who was also San Bernardino, to give you an idea. So imagine this is San Bernardino in the early 70s. She would pick up every single chocolate, stick her finger through the bottom of the chocolate to see what the filling is, put it right back what? in the, put it right back in the container. That's criminal. Yeah. So That's it looks criminal. So it looks you're like, oh, grandma, oh, you, you touch the chocolates, and then you pull, pull one up, and you're going to eat it. You're like, ah, you know. And that was in the early '70s. All the filled chocolates were like weird, like greens and oranges, and yeah. that reminds me of my sister. She used to do that with the. Do you remember after eight mints? Oh hell yeah, the thin, those thin mints. She, yeah, they. She'd bite the bottom, suck out the mint, then put it back into its little sleeve. And then when any person would pull up a little, uh, you know, after eight mint tab, had a half-eaten. That's eft. That was weird. Psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> you still talk to your sister? Yeah, yeah. She, she 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 used to like crush the bread in the bread aisle at the grocery store. What? what? She would. She had the the best time, just go and squish everything to what? into her palm. It was pretty amazing. What? <laughs> oh, oh my God. That Every is, loaf that demolished. Is, wait, wait. This is when she was old enough to know better, or this is when no, she's she, in a she, stroller? She, she would know better. No, no, this is out of, out of the stroller. We were, like, either in and out of the grocery cart itself, or just... Man. Yeah. Man. That's what happens when your mother raises you without sugar in the house. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Hey, uh, I can't remember when we used to do it, whether Stas, whether you were with me at the time, because it was back when we used to do stuff in the amphitheater, but we used to smash bread in the vacuum machine all the time. So Yeah, yeah I remember that. Yeah, so like we would do it for the students, right, to show them that, you know, uh, pressure in a vacuum and how certain things get crushed, like vegetables. So like, you know, people would, um, if you take like, if you make like a, a, a ratatouille mixture, but you don't cook it, Right, Hit, put it in the vacuum machine. Everything gets smashed. You know what I mean? Because it's all porous. So we would stick Wonder Bread in there, and it would be like, you know, I mean, down to nothing. But we, what we used to do for kids is we would, we would um, make, we would decrust it because the crust doesn't crush as much. Right? We would decrust it. We would make PB and J's, and then put them in the vacuum machine, super flatten them, and then fry them. Oh, they were, they were, they were damn, they were damn good. <laughs> They were damn good, I have to say. You know what I mean? Yeah. But we'd have to go by real wonder because uh, they were like, would you like a Pullman, Pullman loaf pan de me? I'm like, no, nah, I want wonder. If I'd wanted your like Frenchy fake wonder bread, I would say, yo, can I have some fake Frenchy wonder bread? You know what I mean? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I want you. I don't want any substance or body. Come on. What is this? <laughs> Idiots. Lack of texture. Yes. 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 <laughs> 
Uh, oh man, now all I'm thinking about is Nastasia's family's tamales. Now is that Christmas, Christmas morning, New Year's, New Year's Day? Which one of those sitches? It's Christmas Eve, Ooh. and and then it's like whenever and anytime you want one after that. Yeah. they're so they're really good. They're really good. I love having like good leftovers like that for a long time. That's money. Uh, I, uh, you know, you know what I miss for Christmas Eve. I haven't, I haven't been to my mom's in Christmas Eve in years and years and years. But she always does the fish. She always does the the fishes. You know what I mean? I miss it. I love that stuff. Uh, you know, I cook salt cod. Uh, you know, not as much as I'd like, but I cook enough salt fish. You know, but uh, I don't do the classic like soak you know, for days and then just like, you know, quick bring up bacala, like Christmas Eve style bacala very often. But I kind of miss that too. I miss the seafood. Yeah, seafood, yeah. seafood Christmas Eve. I mean, Christmas Eve is the best. I mean, uh, I was never really into the bacala, but yeah. the, 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 she would, my mother would do this, um, Room temperature calamari that was phenomenal. Like uh, like uh, just like uh, like a sat like like cooked and then yeah. tossed in oil. And then oil and a little bit little bit of vinegar and there was always red and green peppers in it. it was mm. An onion it was deli- or scallion it was delicious. Mm. Of course you know linguine and clams shrimp, and yeah. then for uh, you know the, the next day we do managot. Yeah, yeah. Mm, the managot was the best. I always uh, my mom always used to make one of the things on the Christmas Eve was this uh, uh, anchovy pasta. And instead of cheese, right, you breadcrumbs. You know what I mean? Oh, my God. I could eat so much of that. I could eat so much. I could still it's see so the big simple. bowl. Yeah, yeah. It's so simple. It's like, you know, it's, it's, it's you know, people really have those types of uh, aversions to making, you know, simple dishes like that. Look in the fridge. What do you have? That's what's going to go in it. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Anchovy pasta. I haven't made that myself in a long time. I'm going to make some anchovy pasta. Nastasia thinks that I don't like pasta. But uh, that's not true, in fact. Why was it that you always used to say I didn't like pasta, Nastasia? I don't know. You never ordered it. I thought you didn't like it because you didn't want to feel full or something. Well, it's not like pasta makes me feel full. Okay. Well, I don't I, know. Depends how much you well, I feel, so the thing is, right, is like uh, <clears throat> when Nastasia and I were like working side by side every day at the French Culinary Institute, my kids were young. Right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, and so, you know, one of my things was is that I was going to be home to have dinner with the kids. I wasn't gonna, I wasn't gonna go out for dinner or stay so late that the kids would have to eat without me. I would go home, cook them a meal, and then <clears throat> if I needed to, I would go out again afterwards when they didn't care anymore. And so, Nastasia was always like, "Make pasta," and I think when I would always resist for some reason, and then she was like, "It's because you hate pasta." I was like, "No." No, no, it's because at the FCI you wouldn't eat pasta for lunch. I thought that was weird. Oh, oh, yeah. Well, I mean, look, I don't like overly watery tomato sauce. You know what I mean? It's like tomato sauce. If it doesn't stick or gravy, my mom made some. My mom made the, if it doesn't. If it doesn't have the right texture, then it's just like soup and noodles. If I want soup and noodles, I'll get different soup. Is a is a uh, yeah yeah. 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 Um, exactly. I was like, I was like, because well, you, you know, I, and for our listeners out there, you know, there's a, a bit of clicking sometimes in, in, in on our stream, and it's usually a, a ballpoint, a yeah, pen, yeah. a pen. Yeah. So today it's an exacto blade. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I'm a fidgeter. You know what I never learned to do? All the kids at debate in high school could do oh, the pen flip. Yeah. Can any of you guys Twirl do that? Around. Twirling pen. Very poorly. I could never do it. They would just sit there and keep doing yeah. it. I'm like, show off, jerk. My fat fingers can't do that. I also can't type. On my phone properly, you know what I mean? Aye. Yeah. All right. Uh, I brought uh, I brought some of my Christmas cookies. Hopefully, yeah, they're a little thawed. So these are these are two of my. They're not the Christmas cookies that are like my great great grandmother's because those ones that you kind of need to have been raised with them to like them because they're kind of they're chocolatey but they're dry. You know what I mean? But these, if you guys want to try them, these are my, uh, the, so Ricciarelli are like the Italian almond cookies, but then I started last year making them also with pecans. So it's the same recipe, but with pecans. And these are a super easy recipe for anyone uh, to make. Um, when I make them with almond, I add uh, zest. I add like lemon and orange zest usually and some almond uh, extract. But uh, 
I'll give you the recipe real quick. You take, uh, where is it? You take, uh, <clears throat> should I give them for a full pound? Full pound, right? So a pound of nuts. Uh, don't have them like, I don't, don't get them like, raw is fine. You know, don't get them like too salty or too overcooked or it's going to get ruined when it's done, right? Uh, so either pecans or almonds, like a pound. And then, um, where am I? Uh, like uh, uh, 302 or 300 uh, of, uh, if you do it with pecans, I would use light brown sugar. With almonds, I would use white sugar. And then uh, like a half teaspoon of baking powder and like uh, five and a half grams of salt. And you just throw, uh, throw all that stuff into uh, your food processor, your Cuisinart, and hit it, pulse it. You want to grind it really fine, but not so fine that it turns to a paste. So let it rest every once in a while if it starts to heat up and just neat, 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 neat until it's real fine. And then just crack in like uh, four egg whites, meat, 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 processes it. Remember, you can add some zest if you like for flavor, some almond extract if it's almonds. Uh, I don't add any of that to stuff to pecans, maybe some orange zest. Then the trick is now rest it in your fridge for like however long you want, a couple hours, overnight, you know, whatever. You're letting it all kind of hydrate and seep together. Then take a a, um, a doser, like a 25 or 22 uh, mil doser, which is, I think, like a number 36 or something like this, and just go scoop into powdered sugar. Scoop, 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 scoop. Drop the balls into powdered sugar. Roll them around. Put them on uh, a tray. Flatten them, right? Let them sit for like an hour, two hours, whatever, to dry out the outside so you get the nice outside of it. Push them together a little bit to try to enhance the cracking on the outside like you see. Throw them in the oven at like, man, eh, like 350 or something like this, 325 uh, for like 15 minutes. Keep them blonde. Let them come out. And uh, yeah, they're good, right? Did you have, did you have a pecan or an what almond, Joe? What was the sugar amount again? Uh, like 302, 300. Like light brown or white, depending. Did you have an almond or a pecan? I believe mine was pecan. Do you like pecans, I hope? Love pecans. Yeah, pecan is a good move, man. That's America. If you can't get hickories, pecan is our is our other nut. I wish I had got... You know what? I didn't buy... I looked it up. Because uh, we had those fresh pecans here. They were so good, right? But uh, I forget the name of the variety that everyone said I should try. Elcott? Ellicott? Then, but I, I forgot to order some. Speaking of ordering, what can you... What, 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 is, what have you found on the internet for us, John? Downton mustard. Yeah, well, now, now say it like 20 times, because he can't spell It's unspellable. What do you mean? It's an unspellable word. Tierenten verlan mustard. So okay. Tierenten, T-I-E-R-N-T-Y-N. Can't be hard. spelled. All right. Um, yeah, we found... Verlant, V-E-R. Listen, there's another one. Tierent Ferdinand. Yeah. No. 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 Discontent from back in the days, <laughs> split off. You got to stick with the, the original. Um yeah, Joe Rosenthal was the one who showed me the site, uh, foodbelgium.com, and you can get little jars of it there. But you got to – it's $40 shipping. So. Well, well, get this, though. So I look up one – John's like, hey, you could order this mustard. I'm like, great. So I, I sign up online, and like, I'm like, okay, I'm going to get one jar, six, six euros or whatever it is. Great. What's the shipping? 40 euros. No, thanks. And so then like – but today he looked it up, 10 jars, also 40 price, euros. Yeah. Yeah. So – you need to gather, like, your closest buddies who live in your similar zip code area, like, within car distance of you, within within happy to go f- visit them distance, split up the order with them, and then it's more reasonable. Sure. You don't want to buy in bulk because you want, well, you'll eat it quickly. Definitely, You'll eat, yeah. you'll eat it quickly. Keep it in the fridge. Mm-hmm. And, the, and I saw the way they packed it. She packs it like she does at the store, so... She can't, for whatever reason, she can't find a, a glass jar with a non-metal lid, which makes sense, right? So she puts, like, like plastic, film. plastic film over the jar and then <laughs> screws the metal down because the, the woman who runs this store, now she's, remember, she's like the, uh, what's it called? She's the standard bearer for a mustard that's been in constant production in the exact same facility since 1790 yep. or 80 or whatever it is. Yep. She, she doesn't ever let metal touch her mustard. When she sells it to you, if you're an American, she looks you dead in the eye and says, don't use metal spoons with my mustard. And you're like, okay. I don't really think it makes a difference. Yeah, probably. No. I mean, yeah, no, I've used metal spoons and knives to get that stuff out. Yeah. Don't tell her. No, never. She'll never sell to you again. Exactly. Anyway. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So there's that. Okay. Uh, What else? We got anything else? We good? We good? We got some questions? Oh, by the way, uh, 
If in the 20 seconds, just 20 minutes, but if if you have time left, you uh, want to call in, call in to 917-410-1507. That's 917-410-1507. Uh, you can do that if you're a Patreon member. John, I'll talk more about it. By the way, I've heard that we haven't yet set up uh, the combustion engineering thing, but we're going to work on that uh, very soon for our Patreon members. You want to tell them uh, what goes on? Patreon.com slash cooking issues. Um it's going to be a good year. We're going to get a lot of awesome guests lined up. Uh, you get a bunch of perks with the Patreon membership, access to the Discord, uh, access to discounts with people that we have on the show, most awesomely Kitchen Arts and Letters, um, prioritize questions getting answered, just a whole bunch of great things. So a bunch of different levels that you can sign up, uh, patreon.com slash cooking issues. And also, if you haven't yet, give this podcast a good five-star rating wherever you listen to your podcast from. Yeah. Even if you hate us, give us five stars. Yeah, yeah. please. Yeah. Um, so listen. And the, the, yeah. the Discord is... A great place to organize uh, mustard group life. That's it. Well, remember, you got to do it by location because then otherwise you got to transship. Nobody yeah, wants to but... transship. Uh, also, like if you're worried about Discord because you've heard what a rancid, terrible place it is, our corner of Discord is not like that. Like our Discord people are are, are friendly well, to each it's, other. It's rancid in our in our way. That's well, not rancid. The people are helpful to each other. We're not mean to each other. I'm joking. Yeah, but they don't know that. They're not on the Discord yet. Anyway, we're a supportive community, at least to other people. <clears throat> hey, hey, do you, does anyone have a Marmite hookup? Can you just buy it? Yeah, yeah I'm looking for a particular one. Like, uh, there's a Yellow Brick Road, Elton John. My wife is dying for it. I don't know what. Why. Yeah. Do you hear that, people? Anyone that can hear this, if you Please, have... If anyone has a, a, as an in with the Elton John Foundation with Marmite, there's supposedly this yellow brick road Marmite that my wife is dying for. And what's the difference between this and there's your standard? There's no difference. It's just, a, it's just a limited edition? It might be a collector's item thing. I'm not sure. Uh, so it's not like Lay's potato chips where there's a million different flavors. I just had the cumin lamb kebab Lay's potato chips. Whoa, 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 whoa. You just reminded me. I just had... Oh. Uh, um, uh, excuse me, I don't know if it's Mexican street corn um, dusted almonds. How were they? Delicious. Yeah. Unbelievable. Huh. Huh. Just the perfect amount of lime and everything. I mean, it was really, I was pretty amazed. Do you know what I've never had? Why don't they, why don't they do a street corn corn nut? That would be good, a street corn corn nut. Would be good. Or Doritos. Yeah. Have you had, okay. So have you had the, um, have you had the, the, the uh, the Philippine garlic um, corn nuts, I forget what they're called. They're real good, but that one you could like maybe throw some cheese powder on, get close. You know what I mean? It'd be good. Those things are good, real garlicky, and they have little little pieces of fried garlic husk in the in them with them. It, the word is similar to chicharron, but not. Anyway, they're good. They good. Uh, oh, by the way. Stas, you'll appreciate this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, going to see Sweeney Todd tomorrow night. Broadway oh, cast. I was supposed Why? to see that because you know Why? I like, I like people that get, you know, murdered when they're getting their haircuts. You know, who's in it? Josh think, Groban. Yeah, it's, is he it's, still it's, doing it's, it? It's, it's the, like gr- yeah, the, yeah. the Grobenator. He's about to be done. Yep. Uh, I hear he's really, really good. I mean, that's not like Groban's normal style of music is not what I normally listen to. You know what I mean? Nastasia and yeah. and I were more boobles. We're more Mikey boobles. Not really. But like, remember when we we had our place on Elder Street? Like, the Christmas quote unquote Christmas radio was a hundred percent buble, a hundred percent of the time, all boobles all the time. We're like, oh my god, the boobles. Yeah. But like, so I kind of grouped, even yeah. though they're not the same. But I hear he's really good. I hear the I hear Groban's uh, really good. I don't know who's playing Angela Lansbury, <laughs> but I wish we had some sort of way to get them to include in the playbill a meat pie recipe. It would be amazing. Would be neat. Yeah. Stas, you've seen that show before, right? I mean, like, or like on TV or whatever? The movie, yeah. Yeah, great, right? I mean, the lines in that thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we remind each other of the characters, right? I mean, mainly Sweeney Todd, you know? Anyway. (laughs) The the uh, or the uh, what's it called? Well, he serves a dark and vengeful the, God. He never forgot. And he never forgave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the none of their yeah. souls, uh, you know, may have been saved. They went to their maker and impeccably shaved. Yeah, by Sweeney, Sweeney Todd, Demon Barber, Fleet Street. Uh, Dave, my mom's at the 
Dave, my mom's at the post office now sending you tamales. <laughs> oh, my God. I love it. I love it. I love it. <clears throat> Hopefully not with some tomato plants because that would ruin it. Nastasia's mom would send tomato plants to her, but like loose. Yep. In wet newspaper, yeah. Yeah, so they would ju- it would just like, she would open it and it's just like newspaper and potting soil and like bits of green. Pretty much, right, Stas? Yeah, and it infected the entire community garden. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so the, well, there was that because there was that Russian lady next to you, right? She's like, where did all these mites come from? And you're like, don't know. Eats me. Don't, don't know. Oh, look. We're being fishbowled by an actual cute person. Little girl. Uh, <clears throat> all right. Sargon writes in, hey, Sargon, uh, how do I make my drinks taste bready? Think muffin. Bready, bread. Uh, the easiest way to do that is to soak your booze, uh, soak, your, soak your muffin in uh, booze. Right. Mm-hmm. So just break your muffin up into little pieces Buy yourself. Uh, well, in the best of scenarios, get a um, <laughs> in the best of scenarios, get yourself a, uh, a two ton, four ton press. Right. Barring that, buy a buy a, an 80 um, micron uh, filter bag, like a nut milk bag and uh, soak your stuff for like however long you want. A couple hours is usually sufficient, but do it overnight, right? And then put it in the nut milk bag and squeeze the ever-loving life out of it to get all of the product back out. The problem with muffins or any bread that contains a lot of fat is after you squeeze it out, you have to give it time to settle. The fat will rise to the top, and then you can kind of siphon off the non-fatty stuff. Or, uh, barring that, if you don't mind the fat in your drink, you can emulsify the fat into the liquor using xanthan arabic mix, right? And then the fat is actually emulsified into the drink. Uh, But it works really well with also bread. Right. So, you know, classically, you'd use a high flavored bread like a pumpernickel uh, or something like this, and you can get uh, very good flavors that way. Uh, Another way uh, is to if you just want kind of more toasted but not an actual flavor of a bread is uh, if you make a two to one simple syrup and use um, uh, diammonium phosphate, which yeast nutrient, you're adding a protein to the sugar. You get intense Maillard bready reactions if you pressure cook the syrup for an hour or so. It comes out like dark black, and that'll give like a bready cooked uh, brown sugar caramel note to drinks as well. Were these good suggestions? Did I, is this good? Yeah. So, yeah I mean, it's All more right. your field of expertise, but yeah, it sounds good. All right. Uh, uh, Lord Nabu, I feel so bad. Lord Nabu wanted to cook goose on Christmas. And we didn't give low quality individuals. We didn't give them any good advice, no. but I want to know how your goose came out. I mean, I, I gave the snarky response of the best goose is duck. So the best way to cook a goose is to buy a duck instead. But that's kind of a bad result. Look, somewhere there has to be someone that I, I sells also a really good have goose. A goose in the freezer. <laughs> yeah. Is it real yeah. thin and bony? Because every goose I've ever bought is like super bony. It makes me wonder why I, Tiny I Tim know. wanted that thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm like, like well, this is what you're like pining for? Jeez, Louise. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure in England they must have some like amazing goose, but <clears throat> I've never seen a good goose here. You know? I don't know. Uh, we got a call? Caller, you're on the air. Probably someone telling me I'm wrong about geese. Maybe it's Lord Nabu. I'm, I'm not saying I'm not saying you're wrong. This is Patrick calling from Brooklyn. How you doing? Ah, how you doing? It is a it is a response to the the geese though. Is that I've had a few attempted geese on Christmas that were middling to pretty good, at least as leftovers. But the response was, "Don't do it on Christmas." But right. September twenty September twenty ninth is Micklemas Day, however you pronounce it. Where traditionally Nickelback one uh, gives a. Well, that would be that would be even weirder. <laughs> Michael Mass, like Michael Mass, yeah, 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 yeah. Michael yeah, Mass, yeah, yeah. Michael Mass. Um, and you're sp- that's a traditional day for eating goose. I've designated, suggesting that maybe uh, people cook goose on that day instead. But maybe if there's a uh, Patreon wide uh, goose goose cooking thing this year. Yeah. For some participation, because there's some secret here. It's just yeah. harder, yeah. hard to unlock right, well, compared to other things. Let's do it this way. Let's let let me ask you this, and see since you have recent experience cooking geese. So uh, when you cook, uh, the thing about turkeys, right, uh, is that they have relatively uh, good meat yield, right? 
and they feed a relatively large number of people meat. Ducks, really a duck is a two-person situation. You can't really feed more than two people off a duck if they actually want meat. If they want like a tiny bit of meat and you're going to feed them a bunch of other stuff, then of course you can feed more depending on how, how it's served. But a goose, I'm not sure of its size, but its meat-to-bone ratio is worse even than duck, right? So on a, on a per-weight basis, how many people are you feeding with a goose? Uh, this is, I would say like a decent sized goose, which I can't remember the weight, but it's sort of a standard goose, probably four people. Mm. But I think that, that the conceptually what I wanted to cook at whole yeah. with Cantonese style without the same flavorings, but then use it over multiple meals too. So small, small amounts. There's something there. I mean, it seems Hong Kong has great goose, which I've never, I've never, uh, tasted, but, um, injecting it, brining it, injection brining it with some goose stock before. I don't think I'd had a high enough salinity. Hmm. Uh, the time I did it, that improved it a lot. Well, okay, and so let me ask the, you this. Um, were, you, were you trying to get, did you find some way to get leg, thigh, and breast all working together? Or did you aim at breast or aim at thigh? I was aiming at thigh because the thigh is the thigh at breast where breast is good is bad. And I think that there's the, I think Daniel Gritzer has something saying that, you know, well cooked duck is also uh, well done duck is also good. I don't know if well done goose is also good. It's, it's, right. it's, it's, it's slightly different. So there's something to unlock here, but the you know, biggest suggestion is just make it a, a separate thing from Christmas. So you're, you know, it's going to require years of experimentation, I think for non goose cooks. The one, the one recommendation is the, um, the Confucius style duck. You can get frozen on Chinatown at division street, much better than, um, which Schlitz, which makes most of the ducks in the U S I mean, sorry, Schlitz, the, the beer people I, Schlitz, no different, but it's mm. in, I think Nebraska or something mm. or North Dakota. But it's leaner, and like because I've, I've bought the other geese are from D'Artagnan and and at a farm, yeah. And they were just they were just too fatty for for any sort of real use beyond making fat. So these yeah. were this rendered maybe like a quarter yeah. cup. It'll drain your bank account though. That. that D'Artagnan goose will definitely drain your bank account. So if you really need to spend a lot of money for tax purposes, you know. Uh, sort of the opposite. So yeah. I'll, I'll send in the liquid, the liquid, the liquid goose fat to the IRS. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's my two cents on goose. Wait, hold up, hold up. So the other thing I hate about this, see what you think, is like a, like duck and goose to a similar extent is not fun to fabricate before it's cooked because it's so greasy. You know what I mean? Like so, like I remember once I tried to rip the legs out and do a pre-cook on the legs. And then put them back in, and then aim at breast. But it's just a nightmare working with. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's not. It's not fun. I mean, like all these things, the better versions. I haven't seen roast goose in in any Chinatown in New York, but I'm sure it's available. I feel like duck. It's honestly, if we're going with the whole thing, it's probably better just to buy a duck. You know, at right. um, uh, from from a Cantonese duck, and, and that those flavors fit most cuisine. Honestly, it doesn't taste. Off if you're serving it in the context of you know quote unquote Western meal, right? And well, and and American palates are tuned are not tuned to like tough meat, right? So if you get like a goose that might have good flavor but is tough, it's just very hard for us to enjoy it, right? Whereas the ducks, even in Chinatown that you get in this country, are relatively tender compared to you know ducks that you would get elsewhere. They're just tender as tender as hell because we can't as a culture, somehow wrap our minds around anything other than meat that's easy to chew. You know what I mean? It's weird. I mean, yeah. I, I'm not saying I'm immune to it because I'm not immune to it, you know, because it's the way I was raised. But it is an interesting problem, whereas every goose I've had well, is And you're stringy. usually eating the roast, the roast ones, anything roast in the Chinese context with some bone on it, too. Right. So I feel like the bone, dealing with the bone is almost a distraction, any texture to the meat because you've you're you're dealing with the whole piece on on the bone even when it's sliced i feel like that's part of it i don't, I don't really know i don't have enough you know yeah, experience if, beyond eating if, it if, 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 if i did China. that style of uh cooking where i just took a cleaver and made perfect cuts of meat with the bones in the in the thigh and leg area i would get run out of my house <laughs> you know what i mean 
I would say I, I would say that that that, that by, you know buying buying any of the whole roast birds for any holiday thing in Chinatown is I did it I, I got a turkey in addition to the regular turkey for Thanksgiving and it was a very nice supplemental turkey just to have that Cantonese style one next to your you know your American turkey. I like that term supplemental turkey. Stas, we got to use that some supplemental have one. turkey. Where do you think that? Where do you? Where do you think the leftovers are coming from? You know, so. well, that's why I have to go buy turkeys whenever I come home from Thanksgiving because I want. Although my mom gave me a bunch of leftovers this year, so I, I can't talk smack like I normally do. But anyway, all right. Well, uh, thanks for your thanks for your goose uh, your goose knowledge. That's why I like people call in with some information that's useful. You know. Anyway, appreciate it. From a balloon knot, I hate tying knots and balloons. I hate them. It's the worst. <laughs> oh my god! Especially like it's like a birthday party. And you're doing one after the thing after the thing after the thing, and then you you get that weird red mark around your fingertip. Yeah. And you, bu- 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 you know what? No one ever appreciates it. I hate balloons. Really? Because and when they pop this stuff everywhere? I, I, no, it's 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 the it's the the anticipation of it popping mm. that I'm scared of. Or frightened. Yeah. What about that? That noise. That, that's a cool noise. Yeah. Yep. You know what I've never gone on? I've never, I've never gone clip. I've never hated the knot so much that I'm paying for clips. Cause to hell with that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Balloon knot writes in. I've learned a technique to remove oxidized fish fat flavors from liquids by heating an iron rod until it's red hot and then plunging it into the offending liquid. That's another term for us, right? Offending liquids. Uh, I've tried this technique and confirmed that it is bona fide uh, working. Why would this be, and what does a red hot poker do? Well, that's interesting. Uh, I don't know. I wasn't able with a quick uh, Google Google a thon to find uh, someone doing this technique. I, mean, I can search further. Um, there's a couple ideas I have. Is that I wonder if it's actually oxidized fat, or if it's like some other. Um, like, let's take fish, like, fi- not fish liquids, but fish, right? So, like, obviously, fishy aroma, a lot of it is uh, trimethylamine, which is TMA. TMA is bound either by by caseins, which is why you milk soak raw fish sometimes to have it bind with the casein, or it's neutral, or not neutralized, it's well, the opposite, whatever, it, with acids, you know, uh, rendered non-smelly with acids. But it also volatilizes at a relatively low temperature, which is why you tend to notice it less if you fry the surface of a fish because it's so hot, right? So I'm guessing that if there is like a TMA situation, maybe the red hot poker is just pff, nuking and volatilizing that stuff out. I'd be curious to know whether the aroma is intensely bad as it's steaming and then it gets uh, better after it's been violently boiled. The other thing is that if it is uh, fats, right, so free fatty acids are also volatile and rapid boiling of them will boil it off. The only... um, I'd have to test it. I'd have to look at it and, and, and figure it out. I mean, I know for a fact that also the super high heat can change some chemistry locally where the iron is. I don't know if it can change it throughout the entire medium, and it depends on how long it stays in, but I don't know. It's an interesting uh, thing. Agos writes in, whenever I go to restaurants and bars in the mountains, the espresso they serve is always terrible. Tasting more burnt the higher I go in the range of 2,000 to 3,000 meters above sea level. That's like 9,000 feet. That's high. For, the, for those of you that don't speak meters, real high. Uh, is the altitude and the consequent lower atmospheric pressure responsible for this? And if so, can espresso machine be adjusted to compensate for it? Well, listen, I think there's different uh, issues going on here. It, the interesting thing about espresso machine as opposed to brewing is, is, a, is that it's not under atmospheric pressure. It's in a boiler. So you can set your pressure stat to kind of get whatever temperature you want. What is different is the pressure on exit. So I've heard a lot of people say that there are problems with crema because you're so much closer to the boiling point when it exits the portafilter than you would be at... Uh, at uh, ground, regular atmospheric pressure, right? So that's an issue people have uh, with crema. Um, but I don't know about what the flavor... Another problem is it's real dry in the mountains. So whatever the issue... They're probably going to have to use uh, finer grind or more grinds because it's so dry. There's less moisture in the in the beans. That could also be a situation that they have. Um, the last thing is your taste change. So if you uh, search... There's been a lot of research on your perception of uh, of flavors at high, not you personally, but one's flavor perception at high altitudes. 
And what's interesting is that bitter is not dampened nearly as much as sweet and salt is is at high altitudes. And so, and even over a sustained period of a couple of weeks, uh, according to some studies. So I would look at that. Maybe it's actually you at altitude and not the coffee at altitude that's causing uh, the problem. Uh, Lavid wants to know, has anyone ever happened uh, to use one of the Arcobaleno spiral mixers? I have not. But if anyone out there has any uh, idea about the ASM40 Arcobaleno uh, spiral mixer, which is, I guess they're using it for pasta because that's what most of what Arcobaleno does, please let us know uh, if you have any uh, anything on it. And uh, Dr. Smokehouse wanted to know uh, about Duck Confit with Chris Young. Do you think, and th- we'll do this next time, but you guys, well, tell us what you think and then we'll talk about it. Do you uh, think salting mechanisms matter much overall? Uh, and do you have a preferred cooking method? Uh, oven stovetop sous vide. I do, but I'll have to spend more time on it later. I'm not going to be here next week. I just realized over the break I'm going to be in San Antonio next week on Tuesday. So maybe we have to schedule a special session. Cooking issues.